I'm your host, Jim, and this is the show that makes you question the very reality that you live in. Conversations After Dark. Gibson bag of $20 bill. On we are some weird shit there, man. There's a dude sitting in the bushes, man. Does he have a gun? I don't know, man. I don't know. What? What? Red team, go. Red team, go. Who's the only one here who knows the illegal ninja moves from the government? This one gang kept wanting me to join because I'm pretty good with the bow staff. Uh-oh, retard alert! Retard alert, class! Welcome to my dark and twisted mind. Good evening, folks. Welcome to another episode of Conversations After Dark, the show that makes you question the very reality that you live in. I'm your host, Tim. Thanks for joining me. So... I have to get a little housekeeping out of the way. If you haven't done it yet, please like, follow, leave a review. Please, please, please leave a review. It helps the podcast grow. Um, try to tell a friend. Tell a friend about the show so that way, you know, we, we can we can spread the word. We can get out there. We, we can make our voice be heard and uh, get the information out to everybody. So remember, spread the word. That's the only way a podcast grows. And, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, I hope you guys like tonight's episode. I tried to take you guys hard in the paint. I touched on an old subject uh, that's something that uh, is a 30-year anniversary of. And, you know, there's a, there's, there, was, there was a tragedy in Waco, Texas, 30 years ago on February 28th. And, and I want to do a little bit of episodes about it because the government used a lot of uh, a lot of different stuff on the branch Davidians. And, and a lot of the stuff that went on there in Waco was uh, absolute craziness. But without further ado, let's get tonight's, tonight's episode on Waco. Hi, I'm Fiona from Love My Lifestyle. I'm a mum, wife, author, coach, mentor, tennis extraordinaire and motorsport enthusiast and a digital lifestyle entrepreneur. I used to work in the automotive and insurance industries and became burnt out, working seven days a week, sometimes 16 hours a day. I had no time for family, friends or hobbies. So I went searching for something, no clue what that was. I stumbled across a tiny ad on Google and figured I'd take a chance. I discovered the world of digital business way back in 2009 and have never looked back. Today I speak with savvy, professional women from all over the world, big thinkers, highly motivated, success-driven and looking to utilise their skill set to work for them and have a passion for personal growth. If you too are looking to break free of the corporate grind and instead focus your energies and talents on building a global online enterprise that can give you the freedom and flexibility to love your lifestyle too, then head on over to lovemylifestyle.com.au forward slash podcorn, that's P-O-D-C-O-R-N, register your details and I'll personally be in touch for an interview. It could be a total game changer for you too. Look forward to speaking with you soon. Good evening and welcome back to yet another Conversations After Dark. I'm so glad you guys could join me. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this new show on HBO, uh, The Last of Us. Very, very good show. Very, very good video game. Probably one of the best video games I've ever played as far as storyline and, uh, you know, just a good video game. So well, I was really excited when I heard it was coming HBO. So I watched the first episode and, and, you know, they're trying to push some agendas there that is, it's kind of scary, but 
in the very first episode, they're talking about this fungus. Now, this fungus, it, it's real. What they're talking about, it's an exact fungus, but it only affects insects. So they're making that argument between the two scientists on this debate show. And the one scientist said to the other, well, maybe if the global temperature warmed up. Well, that to me seems like they're kind of pushing their global warming issue off on us, uh, uh, trying to make you scared of global warming. So that way you will go along with the narrative, uh, you know, just kind of putting that message out there that, you know, oh, global warming, turn you into a big bad zombie, make you eat brains. You don't want that. You better listen to us. Ooh, global warming. But, you know, with that aside, there, there's more than just that. And spoiler alert, turn me off, fast forward me, whatever. But I'm going to jump ahead to the show a little bit. And if you haven't watched it, you might want to turn me off. But now that I gave everybody fair warning, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. So in episode three, he introduced the character Bill. Now, Bill's in the video game, and Bill is supposed to be like a survivalist in the video game. So they make him not to be a survivalist. They really do. They do a good job of that. But it's insinuated in the video game that Bill is gay. Now, they never actually play up on the fact that Bill is gay. It's one comment made by the little girl in the video game. She finds a magazine that's supposed to be of nude men. Now, and it, 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 that's the only time it's brought up in the game. So why did they have, did HBO feel the need to go above and beyond that, make an entire episode about Bill being gay and Bill's relationship with a character who wasn't even in the game? A character that they made up just, just for them. Named Frank. Now, okay, you show them in a relationship, that's fine, but they're getting in bed together and stuff like that, and it that that's where I kind of draw the line, and 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 that's where I kind of get upset because it, it's it's not that they're homosexual or that it's two men or that it's two girls or or anything like that. That has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it. It's the fact that if that was religion. People would be throwing a holy terror, but it's it's okay. It's just it's just they're just pushing the gay. They're just pushing gay. They're not pushing God, you know. And and, and that's kind of like a, a double standard to me. And and I don't it, I don't know. It just it just something that really grinds my gears and gets me going. Um, because if I, I feel like it's a double standard, like they're trying to push this doctrine on us, and like they 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 want all men to be gay, and like. Yeah, you know, and they make you feel like you're homophobic because you don't want to date men. I'm not homophobic. I just don't want to date guys. I'm not into that. If you are, good for you. So, you know, and like I said, I have nothing against homosexuals. I have homosexual friends. Um, and, and, and if that's what you want to be, be it. Like, I, I think we all should be able to be free to be whoever we want to be without persecution. But, 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 but it shouldn't be pushed down somebody's throat who doesn't want it. Um, it it's no different. Then, you know, uh, if it was a, somebody, a religious figure standing up there doing it, everybody would throw a fit. But yet, because it's just a little gay, nobody says anything. And, and, and that's what's messed up is because nobody will say anything because everybody thinks, oh, well, somebody else will say something. I don't have to. And, and you know, that, that shit ball rolls downhill. And it, it sucks because nothing ever gets done about any of these issues because we always think that the next man's going to take care of it. And what really needs to happen is we need to step up and, you know, really step up, put our community on our shoulders 
and go to these town council meetings and these these PTA meetings and these school board meetings because that's where you're going to make the difference. That folks is the, is the little government. That's where the, that's where the change starts. It starts at the bottom. It'll start at the top. It starts at the bottom, baby. And you, and we can do it. We can do the change, but we got to come together as people. We can't fight each other now. We got to come together as one, as a whole, as a society, and say, you know, as a government, you're overstepping your bounds. We've had enough. Stop. Or 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 fucking fuck you or whatever we want to say. You know, and and it, it's just crazy how they how they try to push things off on us nowadays. And and, and if you notice, uh, ever since the uh, Tic Tac videos got released, now everything's UFO, everything's alien, everything's alien. And you know, I'm wondering. You know, it was even said by the first Bush um, at the at a at a NW or at NW, not New World Order meeting. It might as well have been a New World Order meeting, but the UN meeting um, that he said that. He, he couldn't imagine how the or he could imagine the the globe coming together if we faced an outside imminent threat. So who's to say that all this play up on aliens and the and the Pentagon saying yeah the Tic Tac videos are real we have no idea what they are. So who who's to say that those are not a play up to try to scare you so that way when they do do this and then they make a little false attack little false attack little false aliens. Little false aliens come down to a little false stack, you know, and, and, and then they, they got you scared. They, they tell you, oh, it's an alien invasion. Stay indoors. Do what we tell you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uncle Sam's got you. We'll, we'll protect you. We'll protect you. And, and that's what they want because because people nowadays, they don't question authority. They just do what they're told. And and I remember a day back in the day, it used to be cool to say, fuck you to the system. And now it's cool to be, yeah, to, to have triggers and be a victim. I mean, it's, it's just fucked up. And what what's really fucked up is it is the way that we're not we're not doing anything about it. We're and most people don't even know what's going on. Um, if if you ask most people about current events, I I guarantee you maybe one out of ten people can tell you what the weather's supposed to be like. People don't watch the news. They they're not staying informed. And in an uninformed society, is it it's it, it, so easy to turn you into sheeple because you don't know what to believe. So you believe what Uncle Sam tells you. You don't do your own research. You don't do your own homework. You don't think for yourself. You gotta think. You gotta question everything. Like my slogan says, question everything. This is the show that makes you really sit back and think, question the reality that you live in. Because think about the reality that you're living in now. It it's crazy. It's crazy. This this world has gone to hell. And and you know, folks, I see it getting worse before it gets better. I mean, we're at five dollar a dozen eggs. I mean, if it, and and I think it's something that they're, they're pushing off. I mean, I'm doing more homework and more research to do it. And I want to do an episode on it, but there's rumor going around that people think it's the grain that's causing the, the chickens not to lay eggs. It's the grain they're feeding them. It's in the feed. So, you know that. And and during COVID, they paid farmers to slaughter tons of animals for nothing. There was nothing wrong with them. So it, it seems to me like they may be trying to induce a food shortage. Because you know that's the best way to get you is if you can't if you can't eat you're hungry you'll do whatever they tell you for a fucking piece of bread and and maybe and I think that's what they're pushing they want you to eat crickets and, and plants why they why they sit up there and eat pork chops and and hamburgers and it, they want meat to be for the elite it, it, and it's crazy it's just absolute craziness I remember I remember when chicken used to be. You know, the cheap meat to eat, and you could really get some chicken 
cheat and feed your family. And now, and now chicken's outrageous. It's crazy. It, it, it's absolutely, inflation is at an all-time high, and we're just struggling. We're, we're, we're swimming. We're barely keeping our head above water, folks, and we've got to get our shit together because what kind of a world are we going to leave behind for our kids? You know, we we got to get it together. But anyway, that's my rant for the week. So, you know, watch The Last of Us, great show. Just uh, don't take everything they said to heart. But anyway, so tonight we're gonna we're gonna do our little headline thing that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. But I want to do something a little different here, and I want to um, do do something a little on the lighter side. And you know, this comes out of Sky News, and uh, some stargazers spotted a rare mother of pearl cloud. And uh, what this cloud is is it forms in a dry, cold area, and it's made up up of ice crystals. And when the light shines through these ice crystals, it makes these absolutely gorgeous colors. And uh, it kind of reminds me of like uh, oil on water, that color that it makes when you, when you got the oil on top of the water. That's kind of the color that it makes. And uh, absolutely beautiful. These guys are some lucky, lucky hikers. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're trying to keep keep around for our kids is stuff like that, you know. You, you got these beautiful clouds and stuff, and if we don't take care of it and we don't take care of ourselves and the planet, there, there won't be nothing left for our kids. And we got to make sure that these kids have a world to to live in man that's our job that's our job as parents uh, you know make sure our kids have a good world to live in and make sure that they're raised right to be a good member of society that's your job as a parent and you know i take my job as a parent very seriously as everybody should so you know those people who saw that cloud they're so lucky and uh, i'm so lucky to have you guys here with me tonight so what what tonight's episode is going to be is i'm going to do something a little different we've been doing interviews and then and I'm going to steer away from that. And I kind of want to do a little bit of a couple solo episodes here. And the first one that we're going to do is about Waco. And I don't know if you guys remember Waco, but Waco, Texas, um, on February 28th, 1993, ATF agents raided a religious compound known as Mount Carmel. Now, held up inside was a group of religious people that called themselves the Branch Davidians. Now, when this ATF were to serve this warrant, and raid this religious compound, a, a gunfight broke out, and it left several ATF agents dead, wounded, and and a couple of Branch Davidians dead and wounded, including their leader, David Koresh, himself was shot. So, who are the Branch Davidians? Why was the ATF after them? What happened? Well, what happened was it ended up being the longest siege in U.S. history and ended in an absolute tragedy. But we'll, we're going to get into that tonight conversation after dark i mean this is what we're going to do i'm going to bring you this information and i want you to take it and i want you to think and i want you to think for yourself look it up don't take my word for it but um we're going to start with the branch davidians and, and figuring out who they were as a people and and what brought it up to to the point to where the atf is here now and, and then they, they they want their 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 vast and uh so the branch davidians was an apocalyptic religious movement founded in 1955 by Benjamin Rowe. Um, they regard themselves as a continuance of the Seven-Day Adventists by Victor Hotep in 1935. Hotep was a Bulgarian immigrant. He had uh, he wrote several tracts entitled The Shepherd's Rod, which uh, called for reform in the church. And he took these papers to the elders, and, and the elders pretty much in a polite way told him to go fuck off, and, and, uh, and they weren't changing shit. And so he did. He did. He did fuck off, and he took he took the people who believed in him, in what he was saying, and believed it was true, 
and, and, and they he took them with him. And some of them moved out to uh, some land that was near a small town of Waco, Texas, um, and started studying there. And Jeff uh, Roden led the group until from 1955 until his death, and then his his wife Florence took over, leading the group. Um, and in that same year, uh, Benjamin Roden proclaimed that he had got a new message from God and wrote a series of uh, letters to the Branch Davidians. And well, back then they were just called the Davidians. He wrote several letters and presented them to the Davidians, and he signed the letters as the Branch. In and uh, that's what they became known on the followers who believed in, in, in what in that he had a new vision from God. Um, they. They, uh, they went by the Branch Davidians from then on out. Now, in 1957, Florence, uh, Florence Roden sold the original Mount Carmel Center for, and uh, purchased 941 acres near Elk, Texas, 13 miles northeast of Waco, naming it New Mount Carmel Center after, and then soon after, she made some predictions, and after it failed, Prophecy of apocalyptic events near April 22nd, 1959. She sold. She sold out. She she sold out. She sold all but uh, 77.86 acres. And uh, Roden took possession of New, New Mount Carmel in 1962 and began efforts to clean everything up. Roden began his efforts to purchase the remaining acres on February 27th, 1973. Mount Carmel was sold to Benjamin Roden, Lois Roden, and their son George. They were trustees for the Branch Davidian Church. From this point on, the property was known just as Mount Carmel. Now, when Roden died in 1978, his wife Lois became the leader of the Branch Davidians. And it, it was it was soon, it wasn't about a couple years after that, this young mysterious man by the name of Vernon Howell shows up, and he shows up to study apocalyptic scripture underneath Lois, who, who was recently widowed, and Vernon, and her and Vernon's relationship quickly became more than just a student and teacher, if you know what I mean, and uh, Lois became pregnant. Now, she when she became pregnant, they believed that this child was going to be the chosen one. He was going to be the prophet. He was going to be the Messiah, and uh, so when she miscarried, it, it 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 was it meant something to 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 Vernon. It really hurt him, and and it really hurt Lois. And Vernon, from then on, looked for a different mate. And um, by 1983, he had some followers, and he left. He he left uh, the group, made and made his own little group off to off in the other other way. And and he he studied abroad. Why his group cleaned up this little area that they had. They lived with no electricity and no running water. Uh, David Koresh, well, he was then known as Vernon Howe, traveled the world and studied scripture. Now, while he was in Israel, he claimed to have had a vision. And this is when Vernon Howe becomes David Koresh. He comes back to uh, America and immediately, immediately changes his name to David Koresh. So... Now you got these guys, this group, they're led by David Koresh. Okay, now in 1987, Lois passes away. Now, uh, David Koresh runs up to the courthouse and he files paperwork claiming that he is the president of the Branch Davidians. 
So he's battling George Roden in court, the son of Lois and Benjamin. And during this time, David Koresh and some of his followers go to Mount Carmel in their arms, and a shootout breaks out. Now, David Koresh and his followers were arrested. They were charged with attempted murder. Now, the, the group of followers were found innocent, and David Koresh's trial was declared a mistrial, which is kind of crazy, and he was released. Um, he then took possession of Mount Carmel from then on out. And, you know, they studied scripture underneath David Koresh, and, and you know, the, they got to make money. They got to pay electric bills, stuff like that. So they had a mechanic shop, but they also had a license to manufacture firearms, which they had gotten from the ATF themselves, and which is one of the things that really drew the attention of the ATF because, you know, they were making illegal weapons is what the ATF was told. That's what their tipster told them, and that's what they believed is that the French Davidians were making illegal weapons, even though, you know, they had a they had a license to make regular weapons, to manufacture regular pistols, regular guns, but the, the government believed they were making fully automatic weapons. They were making illegal weapons, so they wanted to rape. So that brings us up to February 28th, 1993, the day that the raid happened. So you got all these Branch Davidians in there. They're armed to the teeth. And they believe that they're living out scripture. So you got a group that believes that they're living out scripture plus plus armed to the teeth. You're, you're, you're in for some bad news because these people are in it for the long haul, I'm telling you. And that's what ended up happening was the shootout left several ATF agents dead and wounded, a couple Branch Davidians dead, a couple wounded, and the longest standoff in American history of 51 days. And they did a lot during those 51 days. And that's going to be our next episode because, you know, there's just so much information here. I don't want to overwhelm you guys with it. So I figured I would do it in two segments. And, you know, that's who the Branch Davidians are. And, you know, the next segment will be about the raid itself and the standoff and everything that happened because there was a lot of things that happened. They used psychological warfare. Um, they used tear gas. They used, uh, they planted bugs and milk cartons. And, I mean, it was just a very interesting thing and you know if you want to you can always listen to david koresh and the fbi tapes and stuff over you can find them online um i'll put the link in the bio in case you guys want to go over there and hear that stuff for yourself but you know it's just crazy and i remember watching it play out on tv as a kid i i, I lived with my grandma and and she always had the news on always had cnn on or fox news or one of them was always on and and I remember coming home from school and, and watching this thing like it was a made-for-TV movie, watching it play out and seeing the choppers and tanks and the armored vehicles. And I just, I didn't know what to think. I was maybe like 10, and, and 9 or 10 years old. And that just, just just blew my little mind. And, and I look back on it today, and that's why I wanted to do an episode on it, because I can't believe that, you know, this year will be 30 years since the tragedy of Waco. And it just, it just makes you sad to think that all those people had had to perish in that in that way um but you know tragedy strikes in many places and in many forms and we have to adapt and overcome but so the next episode will be about the raid itself and all the craziness that happened during the raid um it may even be two more shows i don't know um there's a lot a lot of information here 
Um, I'm just glad that you guys tuned back in. And remember, if you're really, really listening, um, another 10 sticker giveaway this episode. If you email me, put Conversations After Dark sticker in the subject. Um, tell me how you like the show, and uh, I'll send you a free sticker. So with that being said, I hope you guys are having a wonderful weekend, and I can't wait to hear from you again. And uh, keep it real. Question everything.